0: Hello, and you're very welcome to another Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, and as ever, alongside me in the sidecar is World Cup winning centre, Rachel Burford. How have you been, Burf? How's your your week in easing of lockdown going?
1: Yeah, obviously, it's um, been a little bit different now. Lockdown's easing, so you can go and meet up with a few people, you know, with all social distancing measures in place still. Um, but yeah, now our routine's very similar, dogs training working that kind of thing and um, so i think you know we're, we're in a good place it's good to see that the country's coming out of that
0: um but yeah so your lockdown reasonably similar for for kind of both of us but because of, yeah the, the the burning issue um at the moment that's going on birth is uh black life matters and i guess it would be remiss if we if we didn't just touch on it um despite being a women's rugby podcast because it um it does affect the entirety of the world's population and, and every society going.
1: Yeah, it has. Um, yeah, I spent the weekend kind of trying to educate myself on it all, understand it more. Um, and yeah, I was sadly, you know, really surprised at how, how real everything is and how racism is really alive today. Um, and I guess it's just, it's just kind of reinforcing that message to, to continue to educate yourself. Um, which is what i'm trying to do um and support and um, and speak up and and do what i can like everybody else well not everybody but like a lot of people are trying to do Um the world's in a tough place at the moment and you know everybody needs to to do what they can
0: yeah couldn't, couldn't agree more uh yeah very very, very strange old times uh yeah, it does, does worry, worry me with the, with the COVID situation as well. And, you know, there's just lots of lots of big old things at play here, isn't there? And um, it's difficult to know quite quite what the, what the right thing to do is in terms of the protests and whatever. And, and uh, But yes, educating yourself is certainly a very, very positive way of doing it. And everybody's got to take some responsibility in, in, in everything, in, in every conversation, every situation. That goes on because you know it it is dropped into our societies, certainly uh, civilized societies. You know, uh, racism is almost institutionalized because that's that's how society's been set up, uh, and we all have a responsibility to to change that. I wanted to ask you just in terms of harlequins and and what have you, uh, what things moving there? Is there some more communication? Is there that there's obviously light at the end of the tunnel? Is that is that? Are you moving more towards that light at the end of the tunnel?
1: Do you know what? I think it's really difficult for, for of all is. clubs yeah. Yeah. because we don't have a season to continue with. Obviously, the boys are back in. They've got all their measures in place um, and it's almost like there's no need to rush us in to increase possible infection, to increase, um, you know... Contamination of the facilities. So I think at the moment, like where, and this isn't hasn't been communicated to me, but where my head's kind of at is like, you know, the earliest that we'd probably get in would be July first, which is like normal for pre-season. Um, if kind of things continue the way they go, if the measure in place, if everything keeps lowering, and the government starts to ease even more, um, so I would imagine that you know other clubs are very much in the same position. Um, obviously, we're. We're hunting and looking for a new head coach as well. So that's kind of going on. And that's probably more where we're being communicated to. You know, we had the Lanter on. She talked about how she's, you know, just keeping players um, informed as much as possible. Anything that they kind of know, we then relay the information. Um, but we're all kind of just, you know, you've got to remember that there's also some time off that players need to have as well. So probably players are having a bit of downtime, um, and just kind of probably looking at, you know, August, July, August time, maybe going back in. And that's just my opinion. It's my observation of what I think might happen.
0: It, it is difficult, isn't it? But, but, but I guess if the season isn't going to start till well, again, yeah, we, we kind of don't know, do we? I mean, there's a, there's a road for the men's. You, you would suspect, um, hope that uh, the, the uh, there's a, there's a there's a pathway back for for the women's uh, elite game uh, as well, and and that that is put out. I know that the grassroots rugby there's a sort of a an initial document of of, of paving the way back to to playing is, is is out there already. So yeah, we we, we await with bated breath on that one for the women. But w- would it be nice to say, look, do you know what, we aren't going to train till then. So do you know if you want to take a couple of weeks off and, and sit in your sun lounger and, and not do the training, or whatever. I know most of you aren't like that, but w- would would that be quite nice? Is it difficult? Dealing with that uncertainty.
1: Yeah, I think I think everybody's kind of we've been dealing with uncertainty for what 11, 12 weeks now, and um, so I think players are, you know, just doing what they can do within their control and within their means, within their home. Where you know a couple of the players, can, we, you know, we can meet as a, a small group and do some training together, albeit it might be speed or running. Um, but we always have tailored time in there to have time completely off. Um, and there will be a bit of that. There'll be players who have, you know, some injuries or potentially having to have some surgical intervention and things like that or coming back from an injury. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think everybody has got to a stage now. Well, certainly I have. It's kind of like you're, we're ex- we've accepted where we are. We know that there's no rugby going to be played for women between now as in the league's not going to be finished off or anything like that so I would imagine that a lot of players are reevaluating their situation thinking right okay let's think that pre-season might start in July so I need to make sure that I'm ready for then if it's not then then I need to make sure I'm ready for August so that so I think the best mindset is to kind of think right we're going to, we're going to be training on the 1st of July like we always are for pre-season get myself ready for that and then see what comes you know the, the hope is that the league will start in September um, but again we have to wait for government because i don't know where our league fits in is it elite does elite mean paid professional so where, like we i don't understand those questions They're like you know where do we sit on that graph graph of that the RFU sent out so are we grassroots or are we seen as elite like you know, for example, the women's football league. It's very clear when they're going to be starting again, but we haven't had that clear date of when we will be able to start. So I guess it's kind of maybe some of those questions that players are unsure of. But there'll be a hell of a lot of players probably not even thinking about it, Johnny, um, and just be training, getting on with stuff. Um, what you have found, and and I'm sure a lot of people will be in the same mind frame that you know lockdown has taught you to to do other things and and to find other other joys, etc. So I think, you know, a lot of players will be very mindful of the situation and probably accepting of where we are and just kind of hopeful that, you know, we're going to get to, back to some sort of group training, team training come July, August time.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so, so many things up in the air. I mean, well, one number one, I think you'd be in the bracket of elite. Um, there's so many things up in the air, isn't it? are He's going to broadcast it, Next season is a new sponsor for you guys, a head coach. Is, is there? Is there anything you can tell us, any developments in in that area for, for the new Harlequins head coach?
1: No, the, the, the only part that I know is that we had like a huge amount of applicants as we expected because of, you know, the, the golden opportunity that it is. It's a really attractive job. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't just sit within the UK. There's been some overseas interests. So, I think, you know, I'm assuming here, but I'm guessing they're going through a short list process and then we'll begin interviews again. What do those interviews look like? I think, you know, normally you'd have a coach come in, meet players, do a session, and that's obviously not going to happen before they appoint somebody. So I guess they'll be working all of that sort of stuff out. Um, but what I do know is that there was a, a big pile of applications um which is, is really exciting to see how attractive, you know, such a exciting job that's come up within the game.
0: Yeah, I mean I personally, I mean I can't wait to be your boss on the podcast <laughs> as well as on the training field. <laughs> Application is in. No, it's not, it's not. I have, I have yeah, been, been applied for a few others and yeah, did did an interview for a coaching job uh over Zoom. Just yeah, bonkers, really, really bonkers. But uh anyway. And the really pressing question, uh, Berth, I'm sure it was certainly on my lips, may well be on the listeners' uh, lips as well, is is how is the sofa coming on?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, the weather changed, didn't it? So, we're not we haven't progressed.
0: We're not talking about the the weather changing, uh Rachel. We're talking about how your sofa is coming along. Your three by three metre sofa. Yeah, well it's arrived.
1: not progress because it's been raining and obviously it's outdoors. And I can't paint wet wood, can
0: I? It hasn't been raining. What one small shower the other day.
1: Are you joking? Oh my god, you should have seen the downpour that we had. And our gardens on a slope, so everything drains down onto the patio. And like um, our gym little set up that's got a little gazebo over it oh my god it, oh so I went up to check on it We had Like it, it was only for about an hour but it was so much rainfall coming down so I was like I'll go and check on the the gym like ran up there because it was belting down I got soaked just from kind of running 30 meters up the garden got it under the gazebo and where the water was so heavy it kind of bowed on on the top so I'm trying to push all the water out And, oh, my God, Johnny, every time I didn't learn, I kept pushing it out, and it would just fall all over me, on my head, all over me. I was soaked from head to toe, trying to save the gym from getting absolutely flooded. And it was just – and that's how much rain we did have. We had a lot here. I don't know what it was like in the countryside for you, but we had a lot. So that's halted um, any further developments um and furthermore our cushions haven't arrived which apparently they were meant to arrive by last wednesday and it's now tuesday and i phoned them yesterday and they said oh they'll be there on friday so it's it's coming along it's gonna look, look i put a definite ready by july 1st okay
0: oh, right. that's so, what i'm gonna put out. i'm gonna put
1: that out there
0: sorry i just uh just nodded off um <laughs> wow but you that- asked you got. Thank you very, very much for the um, overly detailed response to the sofa question. <laughs> well, let's get our first guest uh, of the show on and what a huge, huge privilege. I think only our, our, only our second Australian, our second Wallaroo on the pod. We had uh, Chloe Butler uh, sometime last year, but uh, this lady is uh, is Australian royalty, isn't she? An Olympic gold medalist in Rio 2016, Commonwealth silver, she got a World Cup bronze, made a Wallaroo's debut some 12 years ago now she's already been to 315s world cup and she's been awarded the order of australian medal so absolutely delighted to say that the wallaroos legend shiny williams is on the wrp
1: i'm stacy flula and you're listening to the Women's rugby podcast
0: it is a huge, warm WRP welcome to Shani Williams. And on the other end of the world, a uh, very good evening to you, Shiny. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, we've had a few legends on the pod before and you squeezed very, very nicely into that bracket as well. So thank you so much for, for staying up and, and coming on for us.
2: Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, absolutely awesome to be on this podcast. There's some amazing... Uh, women's rugby players been on here and i'm very fortunate to be here so thank you so much for having me
0: oh that's very very kind indeed how how are things <laughs> down your way obviously we're, we're, we're at a different stage up here in the uk in terms of uh, the covid situation and, and lockdown uh on a sort of personal level um how are things how have you been amusing yourself how difficult has it been physically and mentally
2: yeah, I guess um, it's it's been challenging. Um, everyone's had some challenging moments. Uh, there's also obviously been some um, bright sides out of it as well. But um, I guess guess to start with was um, training on your own. I mean, a lot of lot of athletes that are in team sports uh, know how hard that is, and it's so much better being able to to train with your teammates and smile and have a laugh and. I guess that takes away a little bit of the pain when you're training on your own. You are actually in the trenches on your own mind, so you you feel that pain. And I guess the beauty of that is is coming out the other side of that and knowing that you can do it on your own. But also when you get back on the paddock, it's it's that bittersweet to have your teammates around. Um, I guess I guess with us it was pretty pretty tough. Uh, we all got a sixty percent pay cut through from the players, to all the players, that's super rugby as well. Um, So that then, you know, myself being an older player and and having a family um, meant that I needed to go back into the workforce. So lucky for me, I work at F45 on my days off anyway. So I've already, already had that job lined up so i just started doing some virtual zooms which was very interesting and out of my comfort zone but i'm nailing it now (laughs) um (laughs) just seeing people on the screens
0: you two can compare notes with that certainly oh Oh,
1: yeah definitely so weird it's so weird my first one i didn't have any video so I was just literally talking to a bank screen thinking, is everyone just sitting there looking at me thinking, what is this girl doing? What is she chatting about? (laughs) It's like the toughest thing, but it sounds like similar to you, like got a hold of it now, understand it a lot better. Um, Certainly different and not something that, you know, we want to continue really. Did you um,
2: trick yourself like the mirror where you're saying that you're left-handed or you're right-handed? And you point to it, and next minute it's the wrong hand. That happened to you at all?
1: Do you know, it probably has, but I haven't noticed. So everyone's probably going, <laughs> what's she saying? How could she do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found oh. the
2: mirror setting on the on the Zoom, and I was like, oh, we're on now. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> so as I said, they're a bit of sweet moments where it's like you're back around the community, and it's it's been forced to happen, but it's it's also – an um, absolute privilege to be out there helping others be the best they can be.
0: Well, Charlie, if I could just take you back to because you, you guys are uh, uh, back in training, if we could just sort of deal with, with getting back on the park with your teammates and what have you, how, I mean, how 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 joyous was that?
2: Oh, if you could see my face right now, the smile is from ear to ear. It was the best feeling, um, and just being able to be around them and. Um, having the the conversations of, you know, what was the best experience for you, or what was the worst experience? Um, just knowing that you weren't alone in, I guess, in around the the COVID, you were actually being able to understand um, what other people were going through as well, and yeah, just being able to throw the footy around, you know, not throw it at a goalpost or try and teach my partner how to catch because I had to throw a few thousand <laughs> balls at her and,
1: you
2: know, it was, um, yeah, it was really awesome.
1: I think that's really, like, interesting. I wonder how many teams, when they get back together, go actually have a discussion around, you know, how was it for you? What what did you struggle with? Or do they just kind of put that behind them and crack on and move on when actually it's probably really valuable to talk them out, understand each other, understand each other's struggles and triumphs, etc. Because all that's going to do is, you know connect you all on another deeper level that you already all are on I just find that quite fascinating yeah
2: well I guess I
1: guess as a team you just want to feel valued
2: and and wanted and belong a part of something so when someone asks you a question about how your life's going like being able to sit and listen to it and then actually understand that person it it makes them be able to be who they want to be within the team as well so I think that is pretty valuable for us as is understanding what went on um, during COVID and what things can we help with, and what things um, did you get out of it as well,
0: Shani? Did, did you did you feel a little bit a little bit helpless because I mean, very very well documented, just what incredible support you threw yourself into doing everything you could uh, when you, of course, were ravaged by by those incredible fires. Um, well, we just yeah. There's a sense of helplessness with this, with this COVID, isn't it? You, the, the fact that you can't do anything, and actually, the best thing you can do is is, is almost kind of do nothing and stay away from everyone. Um, how difficult was that for for an all action lady like yourself?
2: Oh, it was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, you know, uh, I guess when you when you see it hit around areas that you've grown up around. Um, when you know the people that have lost their houses, um, it becomes really personal, and you know I'm a pretty an emotional person, and um, I did. I felt so helpless. I didn't know what I could do. Um, I actually grew as a person though. Um, using my profile, I'm not one to go out there and and really talk about myself too much, but. Um, to be able to use it for my community, I I really grew and um, wanted to find a cause and a way to be able to help help my community. You know, to think that you know we're famous for Balla apples, so famous for apples, and to think that that could be wiped out, uh, it still is a possibility. Um, we've lost quite a lot of of orchards, and we won't know until the next next season comes through, but. Yeah, to think that we're famous for apples and that could could be, you know, completely wiped out is is pretty nuts for a population of thirteen hundred people.
0: Yeah. So you you stumble out of that and, and do what you can and yeah, you, uh, as you say, using your profile, which is not something you, you comes comes naturally to you. Uh, you stumble out of that and sort of get yourselves back on your feet. Then you're into the COVID situation, and of course now. Very, very well documented. The the financial issues which surround Australian rugby. Uh, you mentioned earlier the sixty percent pay cut. You said, and that is just a huge, huge chunk. So, sort of, what, what's driving you to to stay on, Shani? Is it literally that that moment that you you get get back in that that team environment? Yeah, yeah. Sixty percent pay cut's
2: um, pretty tough to take. Um, but it's it's also you look at it and it's like is this going to help rugby survive um you know I'm one of those older players that's come through the ranks and playing because I love it you know we have to actually go out and fundraise to be able to go away and represent our country um a lot of window washing washing cars lining up at the lights going to Bunnings and um doing sausage sizzles that sort of thing um, and then for it to become professional. We've led this legacy for uh, women's rugby and to think that it's, it's starting to go backwards um, is pretty heartbreaking. Um, to not know the unknown, I guess that's that's the biggest thing in this whole COVID situation is we, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and as an athlete, you, you're putting goals out. Left, right, and centre to go. Yep, I'm going to reach that goal. I'm going to reach that goal. The only goal that we we can try and reach now is is the Olympics. Um,
1: so yeah, it's pretty pretty w- big whirlwind, I guess. I've heard this from many players. A lot of players are kind of looking at the Olympics this year. It was kind of going to be their last thing that they do before they move on to whatever chapter they want to do. But within that, also their contracts were kind of coming to the end at August as well, so now everyone, there's a lot of people, a lot of players in a really vulnerable position, unsure if there is going to be a contract for them beyond that. Is there a few of your players in the same sort of position?
2: Yeah. so there's a few players that, um, you know, it's going to be their last hurrah after the Olympics. Um, I think there's quite a lot in in sevens in general. Um, You know, so that people that are having these huge life plans... And now being upended, and they having to to reset. I mean, the beauty of this whole thing is um that it's 2021 Olympics. It could have been 2024, and the whole dream could have been gone um, for a lot of those players. Um, so you you can can get your lucky stars for that, but at the same time, it's 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 your whole whole life plan that that is being upturned, and then. Once again, the unknown. Most people's contracts, even our contracts, are are August as well. Um, a few people have been uh, laid off as because obviously the state that Rugby Australia is in, um, we haven't got enough funding to be able to keep uh, the amount of squad, the 24 players, anymore. So, um, and we're not sure how that's going to look um, after the end of june either um there could be more players gone or um yeah just depending on what people's lives are like as well because we've lost lost one player um as she wants to go go and live live with um her husband so you know they're they're the things that and the decisions that people are making
0: yeah big 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 changes look i I think it's it's realistic isn't it that um we're all in a lot of unknown whether you're you know, somebody running rugby australia or or you know, prime minister or whatever there, there's lots of unknown so there is some empathy and some understanding from from all of us of, of course about this how how well are you being informed Shani, of 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 what's going on as best as you can i mean over here uh the sort of ceo of, of the rfu came out and said that as much as we we can't physically protect the the money for the women's game but actually it's not going to lose exponentially any less than than any other form of the game to hear that publicly in the media was a really good thing are are things like that being said in in australia to you guys
2: yeah so we're we're getting informed pretty well as as much as possible um you know you can ask all all the questions and there just be a unknown like we're not sure where things are going to be we're in conversation still um and that, that can be quite frustrating, but you can also look at it and just be like, well, we kind of need to have patience because everybody in the world is in the same situation. Um, and I think I've heard a, a lot of the girls from different teams say the same thing, is that it's not like it's just one team that's not getting to play. It's it's everybody in the world that, that aren't getting to play. And now that other codes are starting to... play the game it's like okay well what's rugby doing where where are we at now and that's they're the questions that we're starting to ask and you know we see super rugby in New Zealand starting up this weekend um so it's like okay when's Australia gonna start um but yeah it's it's all about asking the right people is, uh, not
0: everybody knows the answer Charlie, has, has it changed because as you say obviously it was due to be the Olympics this summer then obviously got the 15s World Cup uh, which would have been your well, it could be, potentially be, be your fourth is that right yeah Four <laughs> World Cup my goodness and still only 19 years yeah. of age it's incredible um, is that crazy <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs>
2: Still look that young, too, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Not arguing now. Um, uh, how, how how difficult is, is that for you? A uh, motivation. Um, I'll, I'll I'll wear this carefully, but probably coming more towards the end of of, of your career than than anything else. H- how, how difficult is that to to keep the motivation, or is the motivation as, as strong as, as as anything?
2: Uh it's as strong as ever um i haven't lost it yet like i'm still you know they talk about when you want to retire that you're you're over it and you've had enough um i'm still loving running around with these these young girls and um putting the old one to test um you know i, f- I feel a million bucks like getting faster, uh and that's that's unheard of at my age so you know i might touch wood here <laughs> but yeah. um yeah, I feel I feel unreal and i just love seeing it as a challenge. Um, a challenge to be able to go to the Olympics and then back it up with a with a World Cup. Obviously I've played sevens and fifteens before and they're completely different games. You know, coming back from from sevens to fifteens, to uh I wanted to hit every single ruck in fifteens and you know, you get pretty buggered trying to do that, so mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to learn how to do that again but you know they're both amazing games and
0: to be able to
2: to switch codes, um, or to switch over and play 15s would be would be awesome like that's that's where I grew and that's where I evolved and you know that's that's where I'll finish
1: Just on that because obviously kind of you and Shannon parry's like kind of always been the two that always cross over is there a few? Mm-hmm few others now that are kind
2: of having a little look over thinking oh you know I fancy a bit of that Yeah I reckon there'd, there'd probably be a couple more um, obviously with it being in New Zealand it's a bit bit closer um, for us to travel as well so the old jet lag will be a bit nice but um, you know I think we've grabbed a couple of 15s girls as well into the 7s program um, just having that the basic awareness of of the, uh, the rugby game rather than it being touch or um, netball or something else, just being able to get stuck in. And, you know, you probably can see that our team's not very big. Australia's never very big. So that, that physical side um, is probably our downfall. So so bringing some 15s across uh, yeah. has really, really helped us. So I think you you'll probably see this next World Cup a couple more sevens was going into it um you know we we'll still have to have that chat obviously with the CEO and and that sort of thing but you know Shannon and I fought pretty hard um in the 214 World Cup to try and get get exemption to to play in that and um we were able to to get across the line so uh it's a no brainer for for some sevens players to come across to 15s especially in Australia we're we're not um we
0: haven 't got a lot of of depth in in the fifteens hey, mean, we're just going to just going to go back and say i mean you've you have you got the full set you 've got a, a bronze that 's world Cup sevens wasn 't it uh silver at Commonwealth and of course gold gold in rio a um, mm-hmm. li- little bit conscious we sort of unfortunately the, the chat has been on a little on the sort of on the negative side let let's go back to to rio and 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 winning that gold Johnny how just <laughs> Just take us through a little bit of that tournament, and just the the, the joy and elation, and pride. Um.
2: Well, obviously starting off pretty well, was able to to get across the line for the first try for the Australian team, so that was was pretty exciting. Obviously, is against Colombia, but I'm taking it.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, but
2: and, <laughs> and then and uh, then having a bit of a scare in against USA. Um, to draw you know, Chloe Dalton's boot, that was one of the, the best kicks um, and obviously in that crucial moment. But then having that scare of Elia um, down the sideline and having that huge head knock um, was was massive. Um, but i tell you, leading into the final, I remember us being in the, the sheds and... It was delayed and um, we're in there belting out songs. If if you've seen us, we, we are a singing team. We can't sing very well but it, it gets us up and gets us pumped. So we had um, Zach Brown Band, Chicken Fry was was our go to song. Um, and we I don't know that one,
0: Shining, were
2: belting it is. out, trying to get ourselves pumped up and amped up. Um, our SNC, I remember Craig Twentyman was banging on the walls. Our coach then, now, John Menenti, was also banging on the walls. Um, and Walsh, Tim Walsh was just sitting in his chair going, how good is this? And it was, it was a moment where it was, we hadn't even played, right? We're all just carrying on like we've won. And none of us even had a second thought to think what are we doing? It was just everybody was in the moment on the same page and clicking. And as soon as we had walked out onto the field, um, I think we we all looked up. We all looked up at our families. They were just sitting down uh, at the goal end and there's just yellow everywhere. And we all looked at each other and it was just a a surreal moment where everything's just – quiet there was so many people yelling but it was just this eerie feeling of looking at each other going yep this we're on here um and from then on it was just it felt like we were winning every single thing you know I've watched that game back so many times and I'm like whoa we didn't even play that well like yeah we played good but we didn't play you didn't play the best game and that's what everyone thinks, I guess, is that when you are playing playing in a final, you have to play your best game ever. But actually, when you get to a final, you just have to do your job. You just have to play your game. Yeah, you have to be better than the other team. But if you're trying to be better all the time, then that's when mistakes can kind of happen. So... I remember while she saying to us that the gold medal was up on the crossbar and we were protecting that gold medal. That gold medal was already ours, but we had to protect it. And so we were getting off that line, um, getting up, and then I remember Portia, poor Portia got sent off and she knew it. She, uh, it was It was heartbreaking to see, but it was also like, okay, this – we had been prepared for when there's a yellow card, we need to speed it up. And so, yeah, we were speeding that game up. But, you know, they they scored two tries on us at the end um, and we were still calm and collected. Remember Michaela, or Kayla McAllister's try was, you know, straight through the middle um, and we were still just calm and collected about it. Like it was still that sense of, oh, we've still got this where sometimes the teams just panic as soon as they score. It's like, oh, you know, even if you're winning, it's still like, oh, now we've got to play harder to stay on top. Um, so they're, they're those moments that, that I remember and having that crowd behind us, defending that line. Um, in that second half, I think that was, that's what definitely got us over, was having our big yellow army behind us.
0: Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was amazing. I just want to pick up on, um, I actually listened to a podcast with Chloe Dalton on it and she said about how that kick against USA, yeah. I don't know who was running water or, or whoever, but came over to him as like, did, did Walshie say like, imagine it's the kick for the gold or something
2: to her? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Talk yep.
1: about putting pressure on a player. Yep. But in a good way. That's anyway. she
2: performs under pressure. Like, we had been working since 2014. The day we became professional, we went, okay, this is it. And every day we would – well, she would give us a scenario and we would have to perform it and do it. Okay, all right, you're, you're 10 down. What are you going to do? You're 15 out from the, the trial line. We take the tap. We take a line out. Like all those things would we'd have to um, –
1: did, did you guys like you judge yourself on each training session and like be like, was that a gold medal winning performance or not? <laughs> yeah,
2: they we showed sure like, honest <laughs> with each
1: other when it was. And when
2: yeah, it wasn't. yeah. So we had these um, ping pong balls, and well, she had painted them gold, and he'd calculated <laughs> how many days until the Olympics, and we had a bucket, and it, there was a line, so there was a line for um poor performance and then like gold medal standards and if every um training session someone would be um like an emperor would run run the session and if we had performed we would get a gold ball in the into the bucket and if we hadn't he'd stand on it and crush it and we'd be like okay so we have to perform because we don't want to see that again (laughs) so it was just just that mindset
1: yeah, I think it's such a, a useful, like, visual tool. But who was, like, the toughest critic out of you as players? And who was kind of, like, the one who was not soft, but the one that was kind of like, oh, I don't want to upset anybody, I thought we did all right. Um, so who were those kind of characters in that team?
2: Um, you probably got a few of them. I think at that that point there was probably definitely Elia. Elia was kind of like, oh... Yeah, girls, I think we trained well, and we're like, we trained like crap, man. Like, what <laughs> was wrong with you? You know, And, and, and we would be like, where were you? Were you even w- watching that session? Were you even a part of that session? <laughs> yeah, so we, we'd be then grilling each other about it. Um, then there was probably – we've got a few, fairly few honest people that would just, you know, let loose on each other. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably say – yeah, it's probably just Elia because most most people would just be like, "Oh, yeah, that wasn't very good."
1: Is that just because like Elliot was cruising around everybody, so it was probably like, well, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we crazy. Hey,
2: <laughs> yeah. we had the best session because I scored twenty tries. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, what I wanted to go back on it, and it, and it's a point that um, I've heard you, you both of you say now. Um, and also the likes of Giselle made in '94, and Gary Street said it as well. Was uh, ahead of those those finals. Just there's just just something inside you that you know you're going to win, and it, it sounded like exactly the same in Rio for you, Shani. And I know, Berth, you've spoken about yeah. it in 2014 as well. Didn't really matter what happened in the game. You there was just just something you just knew you're in that place um, that you knew you're going to yep. win. That's almost, uh, yeah, undescribable, isn't it, really?
2: Yeah, it, it is pretty crazy, but the more and more I play, the more I realise it's all about, like, process, preparation, um, and making sure that you've done everything you possibly can and going to leave it out there on the field. Um, and it's really hard because you're in a team sport. So if not everybody is in that mindset or not everybody thinks that way Um, people have to perform differently. It can kind of be that those one percenters that don't go right for you on the day. And especially in sevens, like it's just the the bounce of the ball. You know, it can be wrong and that that's a try or, you know, miss tackle things like that, that don't go right. But at the same time, it's the mindset. If everybody's mindset is okay and feels like they do when they're out there, like um, like we were just describing, it's um, yeah, it's pretty surreal
1: sort of feeling. When you were actually describing it, I, it sure. took me back to that feeling in 2014 where it was like it didn't matter what anybody else did; we just knew. Yeah. And it was just, it yep. was a feeling and it, it wasn't like something that we ticked a sheet, done that, done that, done that, or now I feel like this. It was just there. Um, yeah. and I think it comes back to that kind of preparation thing, like you know that you've done everything and you know that, that everything will be enough on the day. Um, yep. Yeah, so I think that's maybe also why my goosebumps started coming when you were <laughs> describing it, to, to give us those kind of... Vision insights of what that changing room was like, and, and to, for Wall to just be sitting there thinking, "How good is this? Not get yeah. on, switch on, be quiet, focus. Like just kind of everybody on the same page." Um, yeah. It's really insightful for our listeners to kind of be in a in a changing room where you believe that gold's going to be yours. And I love that thing about put the gold medal on the the crossbar. Yeah,
2: the the more um,
1: more coaches you have, and the the more training and things
2: you do the more things you pick up as well um on what works for you or what can work for the team and that can be that can be good and sometimes it can be be detrimental as well because um, you're trying to live the same way as what was was winning for you so yeah it's have- cool cool to be able to describe to you i'm, I'm glad you guys could feel that
0: <laughs> no no absolutely 100% what, Johnny's I,
2: probably crying aren't you Johnny you're probably thinking... <laughs> <laughs> you know he's going to go back and watch the game and be like okay yeah. there's the crossbar there's the medal um, <laughs> 100% it's,
0: it's, it's, it's funny <laughs> I've just pulled it up on the computer oh, in front there, of me Johnny? now <laughs> you
2: might be watching it now <laughs> he's like oh, I feel left out I've never had that feeling before <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah you're right I'm not a World Cup winner oh,
2: there you go. <laughs> I'm
0: 15s or 7s <laughs> Damn! <laughs> uh, you give the, the wrong idea of, of, of me to, to people. With, I'm an emotional man, but I'm happy to wear my emotions on my sleeve. Shani, this thing.
1: this is why we're not on Zoom. Because if we're on Zoom, you'll be able to see him crying. Oh, which we had last week. He's an emotional man. Goodness oh, gracious, oh. And, and never be afraid. Well, of We you get emotions. along well,
0: mate. There you are, then perfect. What I wanted to <laughs> pick up on, because obviously off the back of that, then it's even more prevalent. This question—it always fascinates me, and I, and I think it's it's so underplayed and so undertrained and underprepared in in, in, in all elite sport. But is that mental side of 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 the game? How, how much of you, how much store do you put in that? How much training? You talk about the processes and getting those processes right for a final. How much of that was mental? How much was physical?
2: Uh, I don't know. Should I just say the 80 20 rule? (laughs) Um, Like, you you can go through and do the physical part of it, uh, and then, you know, that's your muscle memory. You do it over and over and over, and it becomes second nature. Um, You can still do that with, with your mind as well, but. I tell you what, your mind actually goes a hundred miles an hour. Um, I've actually done a couple of things with some younger girls, and within a drill, uh, they could ask maybe ten questions, but in their head, they've probably asked themselves fifty. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, how how can we, how can we control that? Um, And it kind of comes a a rubbish sort out and go, okay, is that helping me or is that hindering me? Okay, helping me. Because, you know, on game day, you kind of need the positivities. You need the good vibes. Um, You know, for instance, if I'm kicking a goal and in Sydney, I miss quite a few in front and I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? So instead of thinking about missing it, I – Actually, when I missed it, I scrunched it up. So I scrunch it up like a piece of paper and throw it away. Because if I hold on to that moment of, geez, I'm hopeless, I can't even get it in front of – can't even kick it in front of the goal, my family's watching, you know, now I've got to go run back and kick it off. Like, if I think about all that process and keep putting myself down, then I'm not actually going to be able to focus on what is present. So for me, it's scratch up, throw it away. Next job, get back to the the kickoff, and yeah, it's a it's a new moment, and and that's sort of how how we process on the field, um, but we can't process life like that. And that's one of the biggest things is that I've found, um, you know, trying to have that life balance is that you're not a not a rugby player outside of the world and people don't think that quickly and fast and, you know, trying to move this and trying to move that. So you have to actually um, calm yourself down a little bit and just um, be present with each moment. Yeah, you can use that, but it's just um, trying to have that self-control of not overthinking that makes sense.
1: And I was just going to pick up on you saying, you know, you've been helping younger players because I think mm. the mind is just somewhere that is so neglected in training and for training. So it's great that you're picking up on it and it's it's a talking point now I think about how we use our minds to train as well as the physical aspects of it. Because it's so easy to get yourself into a bad spiral and actually understanding how you like pull yourself out so you use the whole scrunch it up throw it away. Um, we've got a psych at Harlequins who's doing lots of individual work with players, but I don't, I still don't think, I'd say the majority of players don't see how important training your mind is as opposed to getting in the gym or hitting the field or going to do your skills. Like that kind of connection isn't quite there yet. I don't think. Yeah.
2: I think it's, it's crucial too. It is like being in the gym. Yeah. Training the muscle to trying to train your brain and how, to be able to, to deal with the trash. I guess that's how I put it normally with some of the girls. It's like, you know, you don't know, like there are no limits and you don't actually know what you're capable of right now. You just try to be you're not good enough in most cases or some cases too good and you won't listen to the coach and you won't be able to um, be coachable. So there's never that in between, it's either one or the other. So it's it's being able to um try and, and control that side of things. And yeah, I actually really enjoy um helping the younger girls and helping them understand um the mind and and, and what they're capable of.
0: I couldn't agree more. I mean, you, you, you even said it yourself this morning. You're telling me physically there was a great deal of difference between New Zealand and Australia in that Rio final. No, the margins are so small. So what? What's going to get you over the line? Well, it's that it's that top three percent, isn't it? And I think it's the same at uh, many many levels of elite sport, and especially in finals. And getting yourself in that zone obviously uh, was was the right thing. Um, how much of a motivation have have Of you you as a squad, when now you've been sort of back in training, and you, how much of a motivation is is next year's Olympics then?
2: Uh, It's huge. Um, Obviously, you know, being able to go back to back um, is a huge talking point. Um, And, you know, having having a new squad, having some some fresh new young girls on board um, that are have actually trained really well during COVID and come back um, a lot better. There's been so many PBs since we've been back. And, you know, as as a skipper, that's exciting to see. Um, It means that the mindset was there during um, really tough times. But it's also trying to understand that it's not a mask as well, that they've just masked the situation with training really hard and that's what some people can can do. So back to that mind part is is um a way of being able to see it. But um you know, it's, it's that carrot that's that's still dangling there. You know, I've I've been to Olympics, I've won a gold medal. Like that still is crazy to say. Um but to be able to to say you go to another Olympics in a lifetime like it's um it's in, inspiring to think that you you can definitely be there and that's that's a massive driving force
0: it's it's, it's inspiring listening to you, I mean, you we well, you made your <laughs> well you've been playing for australia representing your country at rugby for what 12 years now yeah yeah why not i mean n- another yeah, year it's no quite more, some time <laughs> isn't it just and as you say it's still only 19 years of age it's quite incredible um <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so, Shani if, if you if you could uh, put on a summon a, a fairy godmother and say, right, I want to write the next fourteen, fifteen months of of, of my life, my career, with the Olympics, with the Fifteenth World mm-hmm. Cup, all that kind of stuff. How look? It's a hypothetical question because the COVID situation, or whatever. But how does the next fourteen, fifteen months look for you if you could do everything that uh, that you wanted?
2: Um. It looked pretty amazing. Um had obviously Olympics, having another gold medal, uh going to a World Cup and being contender, you know, with uh fifteens with our best position was third. Uh that was two thousand and ten. Uh, to be able to make a final would be absolutely awesome and you know, have family there watching. Um, but the I guess the most exciting part obviously um is trying to get these grassroots going, getting more kids involved in playing the game. Um you know, without rugby, uh it would I would definitely not be this person. As you said, I've been playing for twelve years, that's you know, half, half my life, so well, If I'm 19, not really, but um, (laughs) you know, like the the amount of things that the game has given me, um, I'm really excited to be able to give back. And you know, I've jumped on board slow coach, so it's a ver, I can coach anybody in the world um, their skill, and I can't wait for that to take off and be able to connect with people all over the world and, and give um, the knowledge that I have learned over my, my last 12 years and make sure that the, the game stays um, amazing in, in Australia. Uh, we've, we've put in way too much time and effort. We've led this legacy for a long period of time and it would be sad to see it go and, and no kids be able to to be playing the game. I know I know it won't be there, but um, I know it won't go to that way. But I just I just want it to thrive like soccer does, like cricket does, like NRL does over here in Australia. It's it definitely deserves to to thrive and be more than just an international game, like a grassroots game.
0: So what what needs to happen then, Shani? From the from the powers that be, cut. There's, there's no money issues. What 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 structural Things can can aid that that, that grassroots and, and rugby being a, a proper competitor in what is an uber competitive sporting market in Australia.
2: Yeah, well, obviously, there's obviously competitions need to happen. Um, our Aon series is great, but it's obviously been postponed to January, and that's where we get our sevens girls going. Our um, Super W, uh, where they lost the last three games, were postponed. Um. It's it's just definitely more more tournaments, more rugby for people to be able to see, and it doesn't have to be in massive st- stadiums. You know, the marketing side of things needs to be better. Um, there, there's so many things that that need to be better for women, but for for rugby in general, um, that I'd I'd just love to see it, it thrive ten times better. you know, getting playing cards. But, After um, I guess a lot of people have probably seen uh, Michael Jordan's on Netflix and I just remember when I was a kid having basketball playing cards. Like we tried to do that for the sevens but it sort of fizzled out. It's like let's get that out there and and about and get kids around collecting cards and talking about their favourite players and, you know, things like this, uh, podcasts. Like making people aware of, of who plays the game, not just the people that score the tries and all of that. It's it's the the try makers that need to be be advertised and find their stories as well to make uh, the game better and people actually aware of um, who is playing this amazing game.
0: So they need to yeah people people need to see it yeah. <laughs> Gus Pichot, who was obviously running for for chairman of World Rugby, was was talking about having a why isn't there a better rugby computer game? You know, have the likes of FIFA and what have you, and it, and it's all those kind of things, isn't it? Um, so so many good and fresh ideas um, out there. Shani, I'm <clears throat> excuse me, I, I'm conscious we've almost taken an hour of your time already. Um, it's been absolutely fascinating, as I said, I could talk to you all day long. <laughs> Berth, any, yeah. anything else hey. for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I was just going to say that he probably would. And also, he's probably going to be one of your first customers to um, coach around the world. <laughs> the hell <laughs> hell yeah.
2: yeah. What are we going to do? Some kicking, mate? Yeah. Scrunch her up, throw her away.
0: More of a front rower. So, any scrummaging, more than happy to do.
2: Oh, not bad at scrummaging either. And, and... We'll do a couple of bear crawls with a few plates on your back.
0: Yeah, I could I, yeah, I yeah, do all that. Yeah,
1: he's going to
0: wrap this up pretty quickly. Foking <laughs> really
1: session terminated. <laughs> yeah.
0: and when I really come into my Hello? own is, is, Hello? is after the 80th minute uh, in the bar. Uh, that's when I really come into my own. So, uh, Charlie, it, it, it really has been a, a, an, an absolute pleasure to, to talk to you. You're welcome. On the pod any time, and, and perhaps yeah, as the as the year moves on and we move towards the next Olympics uh, and the Fifteens uh, World Cup, perhaps we'll check in with you uh, uh, again. But uh, look, I, I know it's pretty tough times down there at the moment, so thank you so much for your honesty. All the best, uh, lots of regards and, and love to the family. All the best with the F forty five and with the training as well. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank
2: you guys so much for having me and. Uh, thanks for what you do for rugby as well. Like this podcast is unreal, and but you're going awesome. So keep it up, mate, and don't let those whippersnappers keep you away. Because I tell you, it's still an amazing game, and um, you've still got it. So all the skill stuff you're doing, because you know this is what it's about is is being able to help each other out and get the message out there. So um, thanks for having me once again, and. Have an amazing day.
1: And you, no, thanks for coming on. It's, it's been awesome. And thanks for getting so personal with the stories and giving us a real insight, you know, to the raw realities of what is going on, um, but also taking us back to some, you know, fonder memories of, of, of times. I'm Abby Brown, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod.
0: And that's a, it's a fair, fairly lengthy old uh, chat there with Shiny Williams' birth, but uh, again, what what a brilliant lady, absolutely fabulous! And geez, if we think we've got it sort of reasonably reasonably hard up here in the UK, I mean, imagine if you're you're there and you're taking sixty percent pay cut as well in the future of the entire program and women's rugby, you're almost sort of hanging the balance. Rugby in Australia is hanging the balance, isn't it? Let's 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 be honest, but Still to be, uh, to be that, that upbeat and that positive at uh, her tender years. What a what a smashing lady.
1: Yeah, like got a lot of time for, for Sharni. I think, you know, right from the get-go, she, she just gives us such an honest opinion, her thoughts on really what's happening right now. And I guess that just reflects, you know, the leader that she is. Um, she, she doesn't worry about what she says to upset others as long as it's the right thing. Um, so for her to share, you know, her insight to to what's going on, right at the coal face of it, and um, you know, fair play to her to to say how it is and to show that. And you know, I know Sharni also on the field, she's such a fierce competitor, and you know, she's just getting better every year. And to hear her talk about how, you know, the fire is still very much alight there. She loves it. She, but the other part of her is like, it's not just about what it is for her and her teammates. She wants to continue on this legacy of what she's been part of building. And she cares immensely about the grassroots. So it's kind of like, you know, she's a great Australian player, um, but she's a great ambassador for the game itself and for women's rugby. And just to hear her, you know, how she wants to continue pushing the boundaries of her teammates and what they can do as a, as a team, but also what can Australia rugby do and, and where she wants the sport to go. Yeah, just a phenomenal person and and the way she talks about, you know, what it is going on right now, but also, you know, some of the good times as well. It's great for us to go back and live those moments with her.
0: Yeah, I thought she... I mean, I've heard her on interviews and what have you not had the the, the privilege uh, of meeting her sort of one-on-one, but she talks exactly how she plays. Very honest, earnest, not fussy. Um... Yeah, great leadership. Leads, yeah, plays from the front, leads from the front. Yeah, I just, uh, I thought uh, it was a wonderful chat, and uh, yes, yeah, some so very, very kind words as well. On to a bit of uh, news circulating uh, uh, around Berth, and I guess we, we should start with uh, with Kim Oliver's Bristol side, shouldn't we? get yeah, four new contracts for Sarah Byrne, Amber Reed, uh, Roe Marston and Clara Nielsen. Yeah, all uh, red roses, of, of course. Really significant signings. Obviously, Sarah Burnett starting out her England career, Rome Marston came in, didn't she, over the, the autumn and just beginning to uh, to knock on that door. Clara Nilsson as well last year. And, of course, Amber Reid, an established player. Those are significant signings, I, I would say, with Bristol being reasonably close to Exeter. Yeah, I think
1: you know Kim Oliver would be really pleased with that. To be honest, I don't see a big surprise with Amber Reid. You know, she's co-captain. Um, you know, she's very much part of that DNA at that club. Sarah Byrne lives with her. So, you know, I think Kim Oliver will be really cl- pleased to to keep hold of that as players uh, because they're an integral part to that squad.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Worcester, there's some more extended contracts. Uh, Karis Cox, the uh, England under-24 back. And Lisa Campbell, New Zealand Rugby World Cup winner. D- don't know if you knew that. She's uh, back row transferring into a prop. Sale, a couple more signings there as well. Nicola Howitt, this second row, and Lucy Winter, back grower. Both Scotland internationals. Uh, and should have mentioned before as well, uh, but uh, remiss. A, bit, a little bit like uh, the Heartbeat and Cheltenham Tigers. Loughborough and Lightning uh, have announced a partnership with Loughborough RFC women. So, yes, just to bolster those numbers, are beneficial for both, would have said as well. Uh, and you wanted to pick up on a. On a Article by uh, Sarah Orchard, uh, BBC, about uh, not worrying about Exeter having not announced any signings yet. Yeah,
1: well, I think we've touched on it, haven't we, um, each week. that we're concerned that we're not hearing anything out of Exeter. um, But they've rest assured us that, you know, things are ticking along. They're very much looking at homegrown and cropper players um, with the introduction of some. But, you know, Susie Apoey, who's the head coach down there, saying that she's been around sorting housing out for their players, etc., um, so, uh, you know, we're going to hear some good things coming out of the
0: club, um, I reckon, very soon. Yeah, I think she's right. She said that article, didn't she, that uh, a few more players coming in from abroad. Uh, but obviously that's quite difficult with COVID and they've got to put quarantine and what have you. Uh, but also, yeah, there's, there's no panic. They've got three years to, you know, to put, put this together and, uh, and therefore there's no panic. So, yes, I'm sure there'll be some news from Sandy Park very soon. And, of course, Richmond are looking for a new head coach as well after Mike Banahoe left the club recently. So, yeah, a couple of really big clubs looking for head coaches. So get those applications in, people. Well, that's it for uh, for another week. But we have uh, been a little bit busy on our social media channels and, and stuff. When, uh, yes, thank you very much for everyone who's... Been responding and getting in contact. Uh, we did ask a question: Who would people like to uh, to have on the pod? Emma and Mark talking about grassroots people coming on. Uh, and yes, I think that's a it's a valid point. And perhaps in the, in the next few weeks, we will uh, we will do that. Someone mentioned Kelly Russell, the Canadian international, was mentioned as well. Carol Isherwood, uh yeah, have contacted uh, contacted Carol. She's a little bit uh, a little bit under the pump at the moment with the. Uh, With the coronavirus, but yes, she has promised to do one of her her all-time 15s um, when things ease slightly. Anna Richards uh, was mentioned as well, and Kim Oliver. So yes, we will aim to please and get uh, as many of those people on the pod as we can. Sophie Bridano, hope I pronounced your name correctly. Uh, They've been building a version of Monopoly, Rugopoly, where you buy and sell top women's teams could be something in that birth, you know.
1: Yeah. Just thinking, you know, talking about there being a, you know, a um, game, what they call virtual games of rugby. This is awesome. There's a lot of competitive monopoly players out there in the women's game as well. Emily Scarrett, Natasha Hunt, big contenders, so they would love this. Are they? Oh, yeah. Ultra competitive when it comes to a board game. Well, it comes to anything with those two.
0: I I, I love it. I've got a, I've got a, a 1995 World Cup edition of Monopoly. And it's brilliant. The little pieces. You've got a whistle, a rugby boot, the Web Ellis car posts. I think it's a runner. There you
1: go. Let's get, get... in touch with Sophie and make it a, a business adventure.
0: Yeah, I mean, who, who makes games now? I wouldn't even know where to contact. Anyway, so, yeah, if you're looking for a new board game and you fancy chucking a load of money behind Rugopoly, perhaps get in contact with Sophie or with us. Look, uh, just to let you know what's coming up in the next few weeks. It's our 40th straight week next week. So we uh, might be planning something a little bit different. So we're going to surprise you for for next week. But yes, we've got uh, book booked in. Not only those suggestions that uh, we've just been talking about, but uh, Patricia Garcia, Spanish internationals coming on. Sarah Abd al-Baki, the, uh, the Syrian referee. may well have heard her story as well. She's going she's gonna to come on the, the pod uh, Angela Ruggiero, we must mention mention her, the uh, independent member of the World Rugby Executive Committee. Yes, we had lined her up, and after a bit of toing and froing, unable to to make today. So we will endeavour to to get Angela booked in for for another date and hear her take on stuff. And uh, and Bill Bowman, we still plug away with Bill Bowman. I'm not gonna, I think I've mentioned already. I'm not gonna let that one go till uh, till we have Bill on. So uh, yes, those are coming up. In the next few weeks, I must just mention as well, our mini lockdown series this Sunday morning is Fiona Stockley, a a trailblazer in the women's game, a waspy through and through. And the lady who's basically driven forward the the women's section of the Barbarians FC. She's going to choose an all time Barbarians 15 for us appropriately. Um, So, yeah, it's really, really fascinating that one. She's great fun, as ever, is our stalkers. So, yes, have a listen to that on Sunday morning. And a little event over the weekend, Berth, which I've I've signed up for. What are you bringing to the masses this weekend? Uh,
1: yeah, so this weekend, I obviously, at the start of lockdown, did a bit of a lockdown squad online. And now, after doing a number of Zooms with lots of different teams, I've decided to do a couple of sessions this weekend where it's completely free for anybody, any age, you know, seniors, youth, boys, girls, just jump on. It's a forty-minute session. What? It'll be a little. <laughs> you, you'll be all right, Johnny. Trust me. Like, look, there's four, gonna be a four-minute session. Did you say? But, huh?
0: Four-minute session, perfect.
1: Forty. Oh. 4-0. don't tune in for the last four minutes, Johnny. Um, yeah, a little bit of fitness, but it'll all be it'll be a session that's within everybody's means. So you just work to your own capabilities. Um, and then we're just going to have lots of fun with a rugby ball and a tennis ball. Um, and, yeah, and hopefully everybody will get something out of it. The things that I'm going to do on the actual Zoom, you'll be able to do on your own away from a Zoom. Um, so, yeah, it's just this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can select the time or, and the day that you want to come on. It's really simple. Uh, if you go to my website, www.berfordacademy.co.uk, um, and all the information there. But yeah, I hope they get lots of people to sign up. I've got the brilliant Megan Jones from England Sevens is joining on, I've got you joining, I've got all clubs whoa, whoa, from all whoa, across whoa. the country um, joining in. So it just it's just a really cool thing to do with the rugby community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what what just a couple of things. What what do people need? Presumably some a- um, active wear.
1: Yeah, I mean well you can do it in wherever you feel comfortable in if if you wanna um,
0: My birthday suit
1: wear your jeans wear your jeans if you want to wear shorts or leggings go for it there, there's no what What would be great and what I do with all my team so sessions is I say to wear your club colours so whether that's your club shirt or a, a tour t-shirt a lot of people meant to be on tour and none of them have been on tour but they've all got their tour tops so you know I'd encourage to wear club colours because it will give us a really nice picture of all the different clubs that we've got involved uh, you need a rugby ball ideally or just some form of ball And then try and get hold of a tennis ball. Uh, If you haven't got a tennis ball, bring a pair of socks rolled up um, or get some kitchen um, foil, roll that up into a ball, um, and we'll just go from there.
0: Brilliant. And is it, I mean, did I get a reduced rate at £350 or is is that the rate for everyone? (laughs) Oh, Johnny. Just a special rate for me then. That was no, it's completely yeah, just <laughs> completely free. Everybody, um, mm-hmm. look, we'll, we'll, we'll have that up on our socials as well as birth socials. Uh, but thank you, uh, as ever, birth, lovely to uh, to spend the majority of Tuesday. I Do look forward to our podcast. It's a little bright little window in, in the week, and a massive thank you to uh, to Shani Williams uh, uh, as well. What a what a fabulous guest she was. So, just remains for us to say, yeah, take care of yourselves, keep active, keep. Uh, Keep safe when you're getting out there. Keep uh, social distancing uh, and stay well. Until
1: next time.